This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Follow Buck on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Team, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Great to have you here. Monday, August 30th, much to get to. Top of mind right now, well, a couple of things. We have U.S. personnel still in harm's way in Afghanistan. And we have Hurricane Ida hit Louisiana. So thinking about everybody who is in the path of that storm. Let's dive into the latest in the Afghanistan situation. The United States has conducted airstrikes against ISIS-K, as it's called. Plus, you've got Fauci uh, wants you to have vaccines for your kids, mandates for kids in schools. We'll be discussing the latest Fauciite madness. You know, big tech monitors us, censors us, deplatforms us, and conservatives have been helpless to do anything about it until now. On Getter, you can talk with friends and family and express your political beliefs without fear of Silicon Valley liberals coming after you. Join Getter, the social media platform that supports free speech and opposes cancel culture. Getter is led by former Trump advisor Jason Miller, who saw what big tech did to President Trump and decided to fight back. Getter is the fastest growing social media platform in history with over 1.6 million users and growing, including conservatives like Mike Pompeo, Steve Bannon and me, Buck Sexton. Join Getter. It's in the App Store, the Google Play Store and at Getter, G-E-T-T-R, Getter.com. Longer posts, longer videos, sharper and clearer pictures. And unlike Silicon Valley oligarchs, Getter will never sell your data. Send a message today. Join Getter. It is time to cancel cancel culture. All right, let's dive into Afghanistan. These airstrikes, this is a situation where you have to take a step back and say, hold on a second. We are to believe that somehow the intelligence community was able to miss the complete dissolution of the of the entire Afghan military and security apparatus that we spent decades building that the intelligence community could miss that entirely but then also be able to find right away the person or persons responsible for uh, the planning and execution of that suicide bombing attack that killed 13 American servicemen and hundreds of Afghans I suppose it's possible that that is the case but it does strike me that it's unlikely here's what I think probably happened The Biden administration needs to have a narrative of retribution after what just happened. And let me just say, as an American, I want retribution. I'm all in favor of taking out the evil pieces of you know what that killed hundreds, including our 13 uh, service members. But did they really get the people that were responsible or did they get people who happened to be tied to ISIS-K in a way that it was a plausible targeting and and legitimate targeting but not necessarily the individuals who were all over this it it just strikes me as a stretch to believe that our intel collection on the ground is so robust right now that we'd be able to track down exactly who was involved in that right when we have the entire collapse of the afghan national security forces happening in weeks instead of the many instead of the many many months that we believed and now we're supposed to think that somehow This was a moment where the intelligence community was able to come together and figure out exactly what happened. All right. That's that's one part of it that I think is it's just worth pointing out. And then you have these reports that I'm I'm reading of 
Americans who have been turned away at the various gates and the uh, operations that are underway to try to get people to Kabul airport. Right. There's these checkpoints. And then once you get through the Taliban checkpoints, there are actual U.S. manned access points or gates to get into Kabul International Airport. The Taliban for a while had shut down all access except for U.S. citizens. And I was even hearing and, and reading reports even more than that, I'm talking to people that are involved in some of these efforts to get people out. And they were saying that because of you know, bureaucratic ineptitude, because of just problems in the planning process, there were some who clearly should have been getting through those lines who had not. As I last checked, uh, Blinken, the secretary of state, has said that there are 300 people who are still uh, Americans who are still in Afghanistan, roughly 300 I would think the number is considerably larger than that because that that's a number that one, I think, is probably just Kabul. And two, uh, they're always going to uh, at this moment in time when they don't have hard numbers, they're going to try to go at the at the lower end of the spectrum. I'm also told by some of those involved in smuggling out Afghan SIV holders and people that helped us. And just to be clear, there are a lot of military folks, American military folks who are going to very, uh, very extreme lengths. I mean that in the best possible way. Uh, They're going all out to get out some of the Afghans that were alongside them, that were with them, that they, you know, they shook their hands and said, you're with us now and we'll be with you when it counts later on. So I, I know right now there are there are people that are concerned about. Are there Afghan refugees who are just leaving the country because this is an opportunity and all the chaos to get out? Sure, that's something we should we should make sure that we have a a close eye on. And I don't think the Biden administration will. I don't think the Biden administration uh, cares who we take in from Afghanistan, because, as you know, they're effectively open borders at our southern border. But for those Afghans who were promised that they would be taken care of when the time came, Uh, Our military and I mean a lot of former military and people that were in the service who have now decided that they have a debt of honor to get out those who promises were made to. And you're seeing some pretty amazing stuff going on right now where uh, Americans are just organizing and taking action to get those those Afghans out. Uh, But as I've as I've spoken to them in the last few days, one of these organizations that's just trying to get everybody who's supposed to get out out has said that they they believe that we're going to be in a situation where the Taliban is going to be taking payments. That's what's going to happen here. It'll be something like what we have at the U.S.-Mexico border, where every person who's crossing that border illegally has to pay the coyotes, right, the human smugglers that are essentially cartel employees, has to pay them a fee per head. And depending on how they're brought over and when and where the fee can vary, but it's thousands of dollars a person. So a human smuggling operation that is incredibly easy for the cartels, the Mexican drug cartels to pull off. And remember, they're also smuggling in drugs all the while, too. That has become an enormous cash cow for them. The Taliban right now, or if you're Joe Biden, Taliban, uh, they see this as likely and this again this is the assessment from a group that i know that's already in contact and working day to day to get people um, on the ground out of that country 
they may, after the U.S. military withdrawal, which is supposed to happen tomorrow, by the end of tomorrow, um, they may decide that they're going to start selling Afghans that people want to buy out of the country. This is just what I've been told. And they might see this as a way to make a lot of money and get rid of a lot of people that the Taliban would rather not have around anyway. Now, you could say, Buck, but the Taliban is so savage and they're going to they're going to want reprisal killings. Oh, that's happening already. And there'll be more of that. But do they like money? I think they do. And if you have any questions about that, despite all their all their austere religious trappings, the Taliban has been controlling the opium trade out of southern Afghanistan for the last 20 years. I mean, for as long as we've been there, uh, we've been fighting this counter narcotics war as well in the southern part of Afghanistan. That's been a that's been a piece of this whole thing that doesn't really get a lot of attention. But it just goes to show you Taliban is perfectly happy to sell heroin on the global market to fund its operations, despite being oh so religious. So trust me, it's certainly plausible that they will be selling people out of the country or, you know, they'll be taking payment for uh, what are effectively ransom payments. That's what that's what it really is. Ransom payments. That's what I see as a possibility here. Will the U.S. extend its military presence? Uh, I I don't think it will. I think we're going to say we've gotten everybody we can get and we're going to go. And I think the Biden administration has just decided that at this point, forget about, you know, pulling the Band-Aid off. They've operated on the wrong limb and they just want to finish the surgery and get out of the operating room, so to speak. I I don't think that they really they, they know they can't make this look like a successful operation right now. They know that the planning is catastrophic. I mean, even lib journos are walking around saying, yeah, this is a complete mess. And of course, then we also saw panicked crowds. So the soldiers, when we talk about security at the time, much of the discussion of security was how to keep the soldiers, but also the people safe from the panicked crowds, from stampedes, from the heat. There were people lost to the stampedes and killed there right there in the street. So to say it was chaotic is an understatement. To say that there was a semblance of security checks is a misunderstanding of what was actually happening. You you heard uh, Tony Blinken say, oh, look, it's just like an embassy, not like an embassy. Not like an embassy. It's like a stampede of people trying to be controlled by various armed groups. It's a total mess. And there, there was no planning. They were not ready for this. There were no contingencies they had for this. And they're lying to you when they say otherwise. So we, we should all be quite clear on that fact. The Biden administration, this is an enormous failure. We all know it. And that is the reality as we see it playing out right now. They can say whatever they want about it. It does not change the truth of it. And we're we're just heading now into the last hours where I hope we don't get hit again. I hope that we are able to get out every single American and then we can do uh, a real after action report on accountability. Right. We Then we can actually have a conversation about, well, what does it mean for this Biden administration that they are so incompetent, they're so incapable of actually doing what is necessary here or or making the necessary plans for all of us. You know, the only accountability we've seen so far, though, is a member of the United States military, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, who criticized senior leadership, uh, you know, for for what is obviously a horrifically inept and and poorly thought out situation 
Um, I, I've seen that he has resigned. Um, I've seen that he has been fired, but he is no longer. Oh, yeah, no, fired. It, it's saying fired. So he gets kicked out for calling for some actual accountability. And the generals in the rear with the gear, it seems like, well, what happens? What happens for them? What, what does it mean? How, are, are they able even to be considered uh, failures or is whatever they do OK because they have stars on their shoulders, right? Stars, stars uh, on their shoulders. That means that they are somehow above the fray of accountability entirely. I, I think we have to wonder about this. We have to ask what this really tells us about the structure of responsibility within the most important organs of of our government. Also got to tell you about my pillow. My friend Mike Lindell's company is amazing and it's just a game changer not just when it comes to my sleep, but also all the products that I'm using. I've got the my slippers. I've got the my towels. I got the Giza Dream sheets on my bed. If you don't have any of these, I'm telling you, they're going to be your favorites. You're going to love everything you get from MyPillow. This is why it's such an amazing company. And all you have to do right now to get great discounts on all MyPillow products is go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Special Square. There you'll, you'll, see, you'll see rotational offers up to 66% off on products like their pillows, mattress topper, and Giza sheets, but also new products like their slippers, weighted blankets, robes, waffle blankets, and more. All my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Enter promo code BUCK for these great radio specials. Again, that's MyPillow.com. Click on the Radio Listener Special Square and use promo code BUCK for these amazing radio specials. That's MyPillow.com, promo code BUCK. I'm telling you, the Giza Dream Sheets, you got to get them. You got to get them. It's going to be a game changer for you. That's for sure. Fauci is going to make your kids get vaccinated. And I know people don't want to hear that. I know there's a belief out there in some parts of the country where you're a little bit better protected by your state government, where there's a little more sanity, fewer people that have been completely consumed by the Fauciite madness. I understand that folks don't want to hear that there's a real chance that they're going to be told their kids can't go to school unless they get the shot. They're children. I mean, they're eight-year-olds, they're 10-year-olds, they're 12-year-olds. This is what we're heading for this winter. This is the situation in which we find ourselves. And you can hear it from the Fouch himself. I am very much in favor of mandating at the local level. I don't think we're going to see federal mandates except for certain agencies of the federal government. I mean, we've already seen that with the Veterans Administration. But now that we have the full approval, the full stamp of approval, at least for the Pfizer vaccine, we are definitely going to see mandating for colleges if you want to attend in person at a college or a university or places of business that employs large numbers of people. So it's not that we want a, a tyranny at the federal level because then, you know, Biden will get the blowback and I won't get another four years of harassing you and constantly making sure you keep the droplets from flying out of your filthy mouth. Um, this is where we are. They're going to get you at the local level. They're going to do what they've done to New York City. And people who think, oh, I'll just I'll just stand strong against this. OK, how many of you have been flying on a plane in the last 18 months? 
wearing a mask on a plane is stupid and tyrannical and wrong and does nothing, does absolutely nothing. We all know that. But what happens if you get on a plane without a mask on? They will actually use force and take you off the plane and they will ban you from ever flying that airline again. So everyone complies and the people who don't comply never get to fly again. That's what has happened. So even people that I know who are very hardcore anti-Fauciite lockdown on the mask issue on planes have just had to bow to superior force. And I'm telling you right now, they are getting ready to do the same thing in places all across the country. And the federal government is going to be working behind the scenes. The Biden administration is going to be working with them to make sure that you cannot escape this and that you and your children will have to get this shot. And that's why I have a particular frustration with people who are in a position of authority, let's say at the state level, and are dodging on this and don't want to take a stand and want to just pretend that it's not in their power to do something about this because that is bullcrap. This is why Governor Ron DeSantis is the man And I appreciate so much his willingness to stand athwart this craziness and to take action to protect people. And this is also why I'm thinking about spending as much time in Florida as I possibly can this winter. And I'm already thinking about moving to Florida on a permanent basis within the next 12 to 18 months because these blue states have just completely lost it. I mean, they have gone insane And Fauci still walks around acting like we haven't suffered through all this. We haven't seen all of the craziness that we have. He he still seems to believe that he can use the exact same talking points and get away with it. And people are going to listen to him. And a lot of people do, which is appalling. Whoever is attacking me and attacking me, just a reflection of the politicization of what should be a purely public health issue. And it's really unfortunate. You know, they're attacking personally me because I'm a visible person, but I'm merely articulating the proper public health practices that are recommended strongly by an organization. And that organization is the CDC. So they like to pick out a certain person because they could make that person, you know, the personification of political divides, which is so unfortunate, Jake. We should put all of that aside. We have an extraordinary problem that's killing people in the United States. What a sniveling little coward this guy is. It's not me. It's the organization. Okay. Why is it you who's on TV five times a day, ten times a day? Why is it you who people have made T-shirts of and pillows of? And you are the face. You are the voice, Fauci, of all of this absurd, useless stupidity that we've been put through. All the social distancing rhetoric and the masking and the hand washing. All of it comes from. Fauci, the little lab coat tyrant who in the latter part, you know, in in his in his golden years here was given more power and more influence than any public health bureaucrat could have ever imagined in in lifetimes. And he he enjoys this prestige and power. Don't don't ever think that that's not the case. He's a he loves being near celebrities. He likes being on TV. I'm just here for the public health. What has Fauci ever said that made you less likely to get COVID? What, what has he ever done? What predictions has he made that have been really ahead of the curve? 
No, nothing. Instead, what we've constantly seen is a rearranging of what he said after the fact, the the pretense that he has not been consistently and egregiously wrong. And what we're left with is a guy who is the single most destructive public health bureaucrat in in history, I think, and certainly in America. I mean, I can't think of anybody else who has pushed for more policies to cause more economic, social and emotional destruction with no benefit. I mean, that's the thing. We were initially led to believe, do all these annoying things Fauci says, listen to the Fauci and you'll be safer. Listen to the Fauci and sure, there'll be a trade-off here, but part of it will be that you are healthier, safer, in better shape than you would be if you didn't. Well, it turns out that a lot of the things that we did, almost all of the things that we've done, were not, in fact, making us safer from the virus. And all it did was annoy us, demoralize us, and in some cases actually had a negative effect. I mean, why why didn't Fauci come out in the very beginning and say that there's no evidence because there is no evidence of any of any real kind that plexiglass partitions in schools that make kids feel like they're lab rats uh, do anything to stop COVID-19? No, he didn't say that. He never said that. Why didn't he come out and explain that uh, outdoor masking was absurd and not worth anyone's time? No, now he'll say, oh, in certain circumstances, when you're in very close with each other, you know, you might want to put a mask on because that'll keep you safer than if you didn't mask. Masks don't work. They can shut people down for this as much as they want. Masks don't work. That's the obvious conclusion. And I'm sorry that so many people have been so just beaten down psychologically that they can't see what is so plainly in front of their face, literally. But masks do not work. And we all should be very clear on that. We all should be. uh, It it should be very obvious to us that that is the case at this point. But no, instead, we got the Fouch out there saying all of this nonsense. You know, Alex Berenson who uh, I've been having uh, you know, regularly on my shows for over a year now and who comes on the Clay and Buck show with some frequency too, Alex Berenson has been banned permanently from Twitter for saying things about the vaccines that are true. But Twitter doesn't care. This is the apparatus of control now. This is meant to create an American population, this whole situation of the lockdowns, the restrictions on free speech, you are to do what the apparatus of control, what the elites tell you to do or else or else there will be consequences or else they will make sure that you suffer. And we'll come back into uh, more of this tomorrow. You know, the Justice Department has just hired its chief diversity officer. This is a remarkable situation just because this is going to be now in every government agency. It, It does remind me of what the Soviets used to do, where the Soviets had political officers that they would embed in every military unit, in every government organization, every government entity, in fact, in large factories. There would be a person there, a political officer. Have you ever seen The Hunt for Red October? Uh, there's the, the guy who, Sean Connery, spoiler, spoiler alert, hits him in the throat and kills him and pretends that he slipped. That's the political officer because that was the most ideologically hardcore communist communist party member and communist in general on the submarine. 
And his whole job, that guy's job, is to make sure that no one ever questions the stupidity, the thuggishness, uh, the evil of the Communist Party. You have to walk around and mouth the preferred slogans or else. This is essentially what the racial Marxists have now done in America. This is what the race-obsessed left has done. You're putting these diversity officers in every corporation, in every government body, and they are there to make sure that, uh, one, what the Supreme Court uh, called the racial spoils system uh, through affirmative action continues in this country. But even beyond that, that there are only certain approved narratives of politics that you're allowed to say. There's only certain things that are acceptable for you to believe and for you to uh, to express. And this is now the Department of Justice. So tell me, you know, how does that make you feel when you think about the fact that there are essentially left wing political commissars in the Department of Justice? I think that should put people on edge. I think that should make people think, my God, what is going on in this country? And this is yet another yet another moment where the the left is able to uh, get away with the infiltration of important nodes of control in our society and also will continue to use this to enhance their own power. That's that's the plan. They're going to find ways. They're going to find a means to use this to silence their opponents and to politicize the actions of the Justice Department. All right, that's it for today's Buck Sexton show. Quick rundown on everything. Back with you tomorrow. Please pass the buck and also become a supporter at my locals account. Go to uh, bucksexton.locals.com. Please become a supporter. Be posting more things there this week. And it's a great way for us to have a little back and forth with uh, insider members of Team Buck. Back with you tomorrow, same time and place. Shields high.